we were looking to the lyrics and determined yeah. that Puff the Magic yeah. Dragon was actually a, a, a Soviet operative. I, wait, I've never heard that before. Is it? No, I'm just making it oh. up, but it sounds like it should <laughs> be like, podcast. I thought you were referring to something that, that's real. I, like, I, I did not realize that uh, Putin wrote Puff the Magic, Magic Dragon as a communist. That's right. right. I thought it was just about drugs. Welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine. It's the Sunday morning paper edition. We're going to do the crossword. Uh, we've got some puzzles with Will Shorts coming up. Uh, we've got Corey Shreppel, uh, who obviously knows all about Sunday morning editions. Uh, we've got Mark Fangmeyer. And then the star of the show, the man who's getting his own... Uh, uh, um, you know, spinoff, uh, who was the star of the MLS second screen last night, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. Chavarria, Chavarria. <laughs> um, good, good morning, guys. Uh, morning. Hi. Rodrigo, uh, you were on the, the second screen, uh, which oh, is like MLS does during the games. It's like a watch party with a couple people just basically talking about the game the whole time. You were with uh, a best friend of this uh, podcast, um, Alexi Lalas, uh, another best friend of this podcast, Jimmy Conrad, uh, and then uh, David Goss, who I've taken to non-bistro. And um, Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. I, when he came to town, I was like, you got to go to non-bistro. Um, That's awesome. Because he's like such a foodie. Uh, and I, I was like, I think that this will be good for you. And then uh, a guy, Monty, from, uh, from who's a San Jose fan, and oh, and then uh, Jamie Watson, who has also been on this podcast. Um, so, congratulations on your on your stardom. How was it? You know, we started off a little bit slow, um, but then I think once once the conversation and all the happy juices were going around, um, it would it was fun. Like like I, I had a lot of fun, but like people also asked me a lot of a lot of. A lot of questions about the, my opinions and certain teeth or whatever or whatnot, and I only it took it, it took me only thirty seconds to start saying free chicken. So yeah, that was I, that was I, the I highlight of my life. I was actually so. uh, watching in the bar with uh, my earbud in, and um, everyone else was like getting mad at what Taylor Twelman was saying, and apparently like Taylor and like John Champion were like particularly at each other during this game. Really? Um, okay. I, I guess like. Uh, Taylor asked him about some like what was what's your biggest surprise so far in John Champions that that we're still talking to each other or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, um, I but I had so I was cracking up a lot because you guys it, it was it was really funny. Um, so I I now am gonna make that my like way to watch where I can put that on like turn off the uh, turn off the like accompanying soundtrack of of Taylor and John Champions hatred. And uh, mute that and put the uh, the second channel, the second screen on. That's how we did it. I mean, I, we wouldn't hear any 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 game commentary. We just had it hit one screen. Yeah, that was the we were all saw each other, and the other screen where we saw the game. And yeah. So all I heard was, um, yeah, yeah. All, all I heard was the eyes, and and Monty was wearing a an old school Clash jersey. Yeah, which I was really like jealous of, and I was like, wow, okay. And then like overall, like. It was it was it was a good time. I, I got an Argentinian mad at me, which is which is always good. 
and and then we bantered about that, and then uh, we bantered a lot about other stuff. It, yeah. it was a good time. I enjoyed my 15 minutes of Twitter fame. So. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you you plugged all the 17 podcasts that you're in, including uh, Dave's I Know, which you're not on. So I I, I, I know made, I made sure to tell Zeller, and he was very thankful. So um, yeah, he he kept on texting me. I got so many texts. It yeah. was it was. Uh, it was interesting. So we're going to move on to the actual game because I have a flight to catch in a little bit. Um, Minnesota United four, San Jose one. It was a raw bottom spanking. It was uh, it was its own uh, special fetish. Uh, um, so let's talk about this. Um, what was the game plan and why was it so successful? Um, let me just. Who, who wants to take that one first? I'm sure you all jump I'll, in. I, I've, I'll take part of that. It, I think the game plan was looking at the some of the firepower they had on the bench, knowing that Juan Delaski was going to come in at the sometime after halftime, and God knows how many goals he, uh, goals he might score. Um, and he was be on the front foot, press the hell out of them, and try to get as many goals before they can get one in, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same same thing that we did last the last time we played them, just press the hell out of them and try to get the first goal or two. Yeah. And also when we did have possession, uh, they were, they did a really good job of spreading the field out just because with one V one, if you can create space between you and the next defender over, you have time to either take him one V one or have a player fill that space for you and kind of get some, you know, a couple passes, you're all of a sudden through. And then, or you can just run boxy straight into the, um, you know, six yard bo- opposing team six yard box and just try to score. And that works too, apparently. ESPN had a really good shot because we don't, we don't see this shot too often, but it was behind our keeper. So Tyler Miller, and you could just see like the full width and the full depth of the field. And you could just see how far, like we were utilizing our, our left and right backs were on the touch line and Ethan Finley and Lud were on the touchline and we were just spreading everybody absolutely as far out as we could. And that just gives everyone so much space. And, and like, yeah, like you said, it, it allows Boxel to get in the six-yard box. Was this 4-3-3 um, different than the last two games when we used it? Did, did you notice anything? Like, was it, was it significantly different than how we beat Columbus? A little bit just because, I mean, I feel like the 4-3-3 we used to be Columbus was more of like a a 4-2-2-1 with like a roaming defend, like defender in Dotson. Like he wasn't, it wasn't like a 4-3-3 in the usual sense because it seemed like Dotson was pretty much assigned to just, you know, stay on. Like yeah, it was almost like a, he was around, he was yeah. there to chase the ball and press. Yeah, he's basically just like, um, I mean, it was like a. It was a ten, it was a ten man zone kind of defense with a one man marking defense thrown yeah. into the mix with it, and I think that was that's not so much what we did last night, and so that was a little bit different. But um, it's almost like that. It's almost like that weird ass like Greg Burhalter hybrid Tyler Adams thing with the U.S. Men's National Team, where you know he's in it right back, but then when when we're in the attack, he can move up into the kind of the center third. Um, I think he was like talking about Dotson specifically there. Yeah, yeah, Dotson specifically in that that role. Like he was, he was getting really far forward, coming in, drifting centrally when he could because he knew it was a a man marking system. Mm -hmm. But the 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 trick to all of this is, Ozzy was pretty much central the entire game. Occasionally, you know, taking a taking the space where he could. But um, I think that was the only 
common thread between both of those is that when we're in possession, it's almost like a four one four one, and then or uh, the other way around, where it's a uh, you know, Ozzy is essentially a de facto fifth yeah. defender, almost right. like a third center back. So you know, when 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 Boxel or Aha gets forward, he he drifts back. Ozzy wasn't pushing as far forward um, unless he unless he knew it was safe. Rodrigo, um, tell, tell like, uh, what was different about this four three three, if anything, or is it is there something that we did specially for San Jose, um, or is it just that San Jose are particularly vulnerable to this style that we used against Columbus and we used uh, we've used previously? Well, we know from the beginning, or at least we all had a good idea that the formation wasn't going to change. That more than likely, Dotson was going to be playing on the right. And then the question was going to be, who was going to be put in the middle, right? Who was going to be able to do that? We also understood that San Jose uh, needs a Spinoza to be successful, but also needs uh, Minnesota Ombo and Jackson to to be able to distribute that ball. So like, if you're, ever, if you're, able, to, if you're able to um, just stop that or slow it down with the personnel that we have out there, you know, um, you do that. But the other thing too is that we put extreme pressure into uh, their defense. Like we were pressing, like two team pressing, and, and getting wins in their and in their defensive third, um, and they're full forcing their fullbacks and their center backs to play the long ball out. Like they they couldn't build out like they need to, which is which 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 is one of the things that works so well in this man marking is people are moving. To create space, but if you are under pressure so much, you have you have either a way you have you even everyone has to be playing it correctly, or the best situation is trying to go for a long ball, and and that's what we were doing. I mean, Amarilla was hustling. I mean, uh, you saw Finley was working, working and pressing the ball. I mean, it just it became a situation where like we were going to press their their backs. And then when we get the ball back, we were going to do what we what we do best is you know do that. So I, I it was I was really impressed with the pressing aspect of it, and I think that set the tone a lot to what we were going to see for the rest of the night. The the lineup change was that Dotson moved to the right, Jacory Hayes came centrally, which is what I suggested. So um, Heath is a big uh, fan of this podcast; he listens to it a lot um, because of our expertise. Uh, and so uh, congratulations, Heath. Um, but, uh, how did that work? What was, how was Hayes different than Dotson? Dotson different than Metnir? Were those, um, those were obviously net positives, but, um, would we have had the same result with Metnir in there? Is it just different, different way, but, but it worked. I think we would have, I think, I think the gist is that, um, I think if Dotson was in Hayes' position and Metnair was at right back, I think you would have. Um, I think we would have had more long crosses. The thing that I saw from Dotson that we don't see from Metnair was because Dotson was drifting a little bit more centrally. Like what was that? Um, that that cross that he had that hit Aha that came back to yeah, that was uh, the, the first happened. goal. That, yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, that was uh, you know. Um, some service that came in much more centrally than Metnair staying closer to the touchline and crossing it in horizontally. Like there was more of a diagonal vertical kind of cross, which is a different look than we normally see. And then at the end of the match, Dotson is coming up into the, in, into the 18 yard box and then hits a low cross across the, 
the front and you had Raheem Edwards at the time and Marlon Harrison in the six yard box waiting for it. We don't see that too often yeah. from a Romain Metonair. So I think it's similar service and a similar role, just a slightly different look. And I think that is also a, a, a partial thing that threw San Jose off. We, so I we think also, we still would have won. The but second, second goal was also Hassani Dotson coming in on his left foot to coming in centrally so that he could take a shot with his left foot yeah. that then yeah. uh, then gets kind of cleaned up by um, Ja'Cory Hayes. Yeah, um, I, I think too, it's, 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 it's with Metanier, he understands his role, he understands what he does, and his staff is just that wing play, right? Um, but with but with uh, Dotson, he can, his versatility is like, he can do that, and then if he stay, if he decides to stay around, right, because Ozzy is going gonna, is gonna to cover that side a little bit more, then he can kind of sit and be that midfielder on that role. I mean, and that and that first goal, we'll talk about it later. But that was just what that's literally what it was. Is we need we need someone to uh, be there for those set pieces to be able to redirect or reset or just you know take a shot on uh, on goal. And I think that was one of the the interesting things about him is you know is that just let him play, right? I mean, just let him be on the field. Let him let him do this thing. Let him go on the wing. Let him go ahead and figure that out. And and and, it, and whenever he touches the ball, he seems to be getting positive things in the aspect of it. Do you think Ethan Finley would have had uh, a much bigger role in terms of um, creating chances and getting shots if Metonair was there? Because he was pretty quiet last night. Do you think that's a a factor of Dotson being his partner, where they're they're almost like slightly more equals, or their roles are reversed, where Ethan's more of a decoy than than actually playing a a direct role? I think so. Like, I think that's why, I mean, granted, Ethan has been playing um, fantastic during the tournament, but I think it's why he's had a quieter night last night is that the, like the low kind of crosses that Dotson was putting in, that's typically what Ethan Finley does. Like he'll do some overlapping with Metonair. And so with Metonair and Finley, either Metonair puts in a cross or there's some overlapping and uh, Finley kind of takes it down towards the, the end line and then does a cross over. And I think, with Dotson kind of coming in more centrally uh, from the top of the box, you kind of saw those crosses instead. And I think that's why um, Finley wasn't, I mean, he was still great. Uh, he And his hustle really did a lot, especially with covering with, for Dotson for when he went up. Like if you just looked at like how much Finley was just sprinting up and down the field on the right-hand side, his work rate was like what kind of made Dotson's, uh, what Dotson did, he made it, he basically made it that opportunity for Dotson by covering for him. And, but yeah, I totally think that like had Metonair been in there, you probably would have seen more from Finley last night. Well, you mentioned the, the Burhalter underlapping style of the, the fullbacks coming in centrally um, and doing that. Um, uh, there were several times where Hassani's kind of coming in there, bringing his guy in. Ethan then draws out more wide and then cut, cuts back. And, uh, and that's definitely, um, obviously pulls Ethan further away. He's doing more defensive work. Um, obviously it worked really well. It, it, it's so such a frustrating thing where you're like, we want where Hassani has gotten to the point where he is in the, the Miguel Ibarra status of like, um, Oh shit. Now I've just cursed it. Now, now, uh, Heath won't play him. Uh, but, um, he's in the status of, you know, what's his best position. His best position is on the, on the pitch. Um, and Hassani definitely is in that spot where, Obviously, Metonier's one of our best players. Metonier's going to come back in eventually. Um, you know, 
would we have played Kevin Molino if uh, if Molino had been fit? And would we have been as good last night? Uh, same thing against maybe Orlando. Will we be as good uh, if Molino comes back in and we we move away from Hassani doing all the the running around? I mean, it's tricky just because I mean, again, uh, Columbus. If you uh, look at the um, you know the um, the league, you know top 11 or whatever he was on the bench and I can guarantee you that he's going to be probably in that again uh, for this week if depending on how the whole thing works out with weeks and combining and whatnot but uh, I just don't see a way how you couldn't play dots and just for how great he's been playing he, I mean he um, created three goals last night so exactly he had yeah the, like the second assist for the first one he had an assist for the second one and uh, and an assist for the fourth one the only one he didn't have a, a hand in was uh was right. what he is and i mean then, at this point i kind of just want to see how, how he does it striker just for funsies <laughs> put him out there um so w- one thing i noticed uh in the midfield of the switch uh both against the the type of team that we're playing against but also jacory in there um is that uh if you if you go to the box score uh tab of the on mlssoccer.com you can go to the the like passing maps and it's really fascinating going to comparing passing maps between Columbus and San Jose to see where the distribution was coming from and if you look at comparing the three midfielders Ozzy is uh is not as stuck i was expecting him to be deeper and stuck to the cent- center of the pitch but um, he obviously we had less fewer passes overall, but he moved around the pitch a lot more, um, and there was lots of short passes to his left. But then he would take some to his right. He had three key, key passes as opposed to one uh, in the Columbus game, um, and those were mainly left to right diagonal, so right out to uh, I think mainly Dotson. Um, Gregush in the Columbus game was was where we usually see him. On the right side of the midfield, it's just like a, a thick patch that, that he's got his, he doesn't really stray out of his like 20 yard wide and then like 60 yard long uh, um, stretch that, that he passes in. He was all over the place in San Jose, right? Because there, there's just more space being opened up. So we were more fluid. And then um, Dotson in Columbus in the midfield um, is really vertical, right? He goes he goes really deep and he passes, then he goes really far up uh, and close to um, the opposition uh, in deep into their third and passes. And Hayes is a lot more uh, horizontal, going uh, not his passing, but just his position was going side to side, not so much deep into our uh, half and deep into theirs. Um, anyway, those were my like observations, and I I assume I think it's mainly because. Uh, of this man marking system that um, that we were kind of fluidly response, responding to it, um, but the, I mean that that game plan seemed to just just say it again. It worked really uh, really well. I mean, I I often knock Heath for not having a, uh, a, a not showing much as a coach, but you know, in the San Jose games, you can really see a plan there. You can see what they're doing and why. What do you got here, Rodrigo? It's a signature. You gotta unmute yourself. That's I don't know if you. Yeah, it was the uh, Abud and Lottie sign ball that I have because uh, because uh, we were we, we this. I'm just trying to be random because I'm trying to because <laughs> yeah. it's nine thirty in the morning on a Sunday. No, no. Okay. The, the thing too is it's just that as as you, as you if you are if you're willing to look at the box score, like since the beginning of last this this season and in the tournament, like 
I'm just still like amazed our possession and how we're willing to put up these these type of uh, um, numbers, right? I mean, if you look at the if you look at the box score, San Jose had 64 possession and still lost four to four to uh, four to one, and yeah. then we we again, I don't think, like, and I said it yesterday on this on the green in the green room or what or the Twitter show is that you know it's like this whole time you know we we know that we're a counter team now. And it shows in our possession. We have not had more than 45% possession at any game, yeah. right? And so we, we are built to do that. We are built to line up the passes. And if you look at what Dotson was doing, like a lot of the connection passes were doing that. And then his, his shots and targets, I mean, the goal, he gravitates towards the middle. And I think that's one of the things, too, that we understand about San Jose's man marking is if you don't account for everybody, it throws the system off. Yeah, we had um, in the Columbus game... Uh, the possession was um, uh, 64.5% to 35.5. And it was the passing was, they had 608 passes. We had 336. In this game, it was 64.3 to 35.7. They had 528 passes. We had 294. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just, it, it's kind of wild comparing that um, to to previous eras. Um, I, I do wonder if, uh, you know, Teams will be obviously. We're hitting the semifinals, so we've got two more games if if we're lucky. Um, teams will be now like looking at that and thinking, "All right, we can do a game plan. We can. They're going to press and counter, and so here's what we're going to do to beat that." Um, and then the question is, what's our? You know, can we then adjust when they adjust? Um, certainly, uh, um, San Jose yesterday, Almeida. The second half, they came out and they were. It, it was starting to tighten up and it looked like this might get dangerous. Um, uh, th- that tends to be our MO. I, I feel like the 45th through 60th minute uh, is the worst period of, of uh, games for us. But um, yeah, uh, I, I guess, do you want to talk about any of these specific uh, goals? How we, how we scored, how we did what we did? I mean, it was, you know, um, more, I mean that 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 the first goal was the 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 diagonal cross from Hassani to Aha header and to was the a, Fox in the box lid right after a, a set piece, right? That was the yeah. It was yeah. Still, I think you could claim yeah. part part of the set yeah. piece uh, the the second time. And then through. and then the second one was Dotson cutting in, firing it at the keeper. So we we were testing Vega all night, even before then, and you know he coughed up that second ball and then um Ja'Cory Hayes tapped it in and then um you know the 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 third goal was that Amaria's solo goal you know where he you know yeah. that where that was a, yeah Lud Lud breaks out sends yep. it forward and then yep. Amaria god that guy wanted a goal so bad he just yeah. kept and on he taking needed it and, and, and he still didn't and he still didn't look 100% you know, after that, what you know, what was it, an ankle or, or hamstring or something that groin, he had, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so it's like legish area. Yeah, legish, somewhere below the hip. Um, and he's still not looking 100, percent but he, but he's looking better. He's looking more confident. Um, and then what was our fourth goal? That was the uh, oh, that was the Hassani Dotson low cross. Right. Yeah, he goes to the byline, crosses it in. Yeah, Hairston, who came in. Essentially, as a central midfielder, yeah. even though yep. you know he's a he is definitely a winger or a, a, a yeah. fullback, um, he came in. Um, uh, 
yeah, those we we kind of created a bunch of chances otherwise that Schoenfeld didn't finish. Um, oh god, I, I there think, was that one where he all he needed to do was just tap it right around the keeper and like he just yeah. fired it right. Like, I mean, it sucks. I mean, when you're coming on as a sub and you're not getting as much time on the ball as you would like, I mean, your your job is to come in as a as a hold up player. So it's like, you know. And also Hallstrom, by the time he scored his goal, it should have been a hat trick for him. Like he had some really good opportunities prior to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But also one thing though, especially on the Amaria goal, going back to like last week's podcast, Vega is an awful goalkeeper. Oh yeah. 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 Like he is just terrible. Like how is he still a starting goalkeeper in this league? No clue. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's garbage and, uh, they should find a better goalkeeper cause then they'd be a decent team. Uh, I, I can't believe it either. I, yeah, I, I mean, just take as many shots as you want, guys, because he'll he will will get the rebounds because right they were two and you could tell and you could tell that was a strategy because like we were just like lining up like especially Grey Goose like he was probably like 30, 40 yards like 30, 35 yards out of the box and just like throwing shots in. He's like, I'm just gonna put him low into the corner and he's gonna cough him up and someone's gonna tap it in. It's gonna be easy and like that's totally the strategy on him. Yeah, on the second goal, um, I I thought Jacory Hayes did a great job of following the ball, um, uh, and you know he followed it through. The ball pops to his feet and he puts it puts it in. I uh, I called Shakori Hayes my man of the match. Um, once I went back and rewatched some of it, I think that people I, I put up a Twitter poll and uh, Dotson got fifty four point eight percent of the poll, uh, the the votes. I think that the Twitter people were right. I mean, Dotson was literally he, he created three goals, so you can't and he and he like was hardly troubled. Uh, he was so far forward, and they they you know barely exploited it, and that that was you know thanks to his midfield cover from Ethan and, and Ozzy. But um, I, I was amazed that, you know, you've got this, you've got this fullback who everyone knows is going to be just running forward and they didn't, they weren't able to really exploit it. Um, what can we say about San Jose itself? Uh, you know, was Yule, how was Yule kept uh, quiet? Uh, Espinosa, they've got some Vaco, they've got guys who, who should do, Make us scared, but they they just were they were kept quiet. I mean, with Vaco, a lot of that was um, our back four defensively, and and Ozzy. How a lot? If you look at most of the shots that he was taking, they were from well outside the box. Like he wasn't getting any good opportunities to run inside their center backs, and with the shots that he was taking, like they weren't from dangerous positions. And so I think that was one way, one key way that we kind of limited any damage from him is that we didn't give him any opportunities to cause any damage. Um, and was anyone bad in this game? Uh, I mean, again, Robin Lude was like a Jekyll and Hyde where he was like, he had his goal. He's looking good. But then there's like that period of like, it felt like 15, 20 minutes where he was just turning the ball over in the center of the field. Almost oh, every it was, time he touched it. Was it. So, like some it of was his, so bad. Some of his touches were so bad. Like he'd get the ball and like nobody was on him, and it would just like run up his leg and it'd go in the air, and then the defender and then San Jose would have a chance to run onto him and just take it from him. It's like how? Like you literally just stopping the ball with your foot and turning and passing to the person next yeah. to you. It's like, but yeah. But aside from that, like, and I also thought it was interesting that Lude, when he did get his goal, he was on the right side. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That was that was part of the set piece thing, I, I think. But I, I, no, I missed I, I missed the celebration. I thought that was something he was going to keep on going doing. Doing the Robin the, Hood, the Robin Hood thing, and and so 
that was I think there was a lot of um a lot of role playing that, that happened in this in this in this game for all of us. Like we were like, okay, we're all gonna. We're, this is not the team. This is not the formation that we will be having out there. Other players in those same situations, but like you guys said, I mean, my question is: at this point, do we put Molino in? Right? If this is what we've been doing and this is that would have been working, do you put Molino in? Do you do you change what's going to happen? Um, <clears throat> because with Molino, you 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 have to uh, have him. He's he's centrally. He's willing to possess maybe a little more and then uh but he's just pushing forward so it's like it's like it's like then if we do that then we have to replace robin lude with a molino in a sense to i think put that, him in a i think that it would yeah i mean we could do this four through three and put molino out there on the left um that is one option i i think that there's no sane way that you bench dotson and put molino out there that that seems to me like uh crazy um, now sometimes crazy happens with this team, but yeah, I, I guess the, the one change you could see is, is Luda there. Um, well, I, I guess we'll get to Orlando in a sec. I want to finish this, which is that, um, I didn't think Lude was that bad. I thought he was good at times, bad at other times. Uh, he just was very hot, cold. I think Amaria looked, um, not good out there. Um, you know, he obviously got his goal, so maybe that will do him well in this Orlando game coming up. Uh, I was in the 52nd minute. Uh, I was like, okay, eight minutes from now, Schoenfeld comes on. And again, he th- we talk a lot during the game. So he took my advice and put Schoenfeld on. And thinking about it now, I think like, oh, Mason Toy could have made sense there, right? Especially if there's like, if they're up getting a little bit more desperate. Um, Schoenfeld can hold the ball better than Mason, but um, I would have maybe trusted Mason on that that breakaway that Schoenfeld found himself in. And Schoenfeld seemed very surprised, like, hey, I'm I'm on side? Oh, okay. Um but uh but yeah, let's let's move to um uh Orlando. Um it's coming up this Thursday, I believe it's seven PM, right? Um I'll, I'll just double check. But uh this Thursday, what do we expect? Because Orlando uh, have been uh much like us, one of the surprises of the tournament, I think, and uh and Oscar Pereja has got a a, a garbage team um, using its backup striker to be, you know, not garbage. Who knew? I mean, their their starting striker is garbage. So yes, whatever. But yeah, no, I I don't know what to make of them. Like just because I've never paid attention to Orlando for more than them being a garbage fire, and now that they're good, I don't know how to explain it. And I have honestly, I, like, I had, going into this tournament, I assumed they were just going to be terrible again. So I didn't really watch them, and I still haven't really like watched them that closely, which I probably should have. I watched the LAFC and the- game, and uh, and the, it was you know other games they were maybe a little bit lucky. Um, LAFC, they were okay. You're gonna go. He's gonna go, Peru again. Wait for it, guys. Um, LAFC, uh, they they outplayed LAFC. You know, they. Um, I thought it was going to be like a four three game because uh, neither team knows how to defend. Uh, but uh, it ended up being being this kind of well fought game where they they kind of outdid uh, Bob Bradley, and uh, and I'm you know I, I'm I'm like feeling pretty good about Minnesota United right now because we're playing. I thought that was our best performance, obviously, of the of the 
uh, tournament, but uh, Orlando's coming off their best performance of the tournament. And I think that this is two good scrappy teams that aren't full of stars that, that could um, give each other trouble. But Rodrigo, do you want to talk uh, Peru? Everyone at home drink. Uh, ready. Here we go. Um, no, I mean, they have Pedro Gallese as their keeper. And um, he was, he's, he's probably one of the, I mean, one of the best keepers in, in this tournament, I think. You know what I mean? And just he doesn't have a mustache. That, he's, he's the anti Tyler Miller. Yeah, he's the anti Tyler Miller. But he, Tyler Miller, the one thing I do have to ask of Tyler Miller is he needs to be better about distribution. Um, there are times where, where he and I know that he's just playing and that he's learning people's positions, but there there were a couple of situations where his distribution put um, our defenders in a position where they could lose the ball in our defensive third. And so, like, I'm not a big fan. Like, I'd rather him kick it out of bounds, even though like that's not the greatest thing. But regardless, I mean, um, Orlando's defense is, with with a, with a really good goalkeeper, it, it 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 it's sound, right? It's not extremely like it's it'll bend. But it it it's it's been sound so far. I mean, you look at how many goals have they? You know, it's usually one or two goals that they get put in, and so that that talks about that. I think then then Nani factor, the fact that I I've never seen him lose a ball when he has it in his foot. I just can't seem to the ball just can't seem to. You can't take the ball away from him. But he 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 he's given it free to be able to be in the middle wherever, and then his young wingers and his forward and. And are able to make runs, and I think a lot of that is is creating situations like that for them to be able to to have some sort of attacking um, presence. Um, Nani versus Metnier is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I hope Metnier is fit for N- that. Nani Nani versus Metnier, and then running directly into Ozzy is going to be <laughs> that's going to be fun. Oh, and, man. But but the 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 thing that the thing that I'm I think this is going to be a battle in the midfield. That's where the game's going to be won. Um. Muller, Mueller against Chase is going to be interesting. I think Chase has been Pedro, pretty great. Mean, do you know? Did you listen to Extra Time uh, Radio? No, do the what happened? Interview with Chase. Uh, no, what happened? <laughs> Chase apparently, when he was a kid, played on a uh, um, a soccer team that he was the only white kid, and he was with all these like Salvadoran kids and Honduran kids, and apparently they just they were like Chase is too white of a name. <laughs> So they they, they, <laughs> they called him Pedro. So he was Pedro for a year. So like I've I've oh just decided. Oh my god! god. Yeah. I've decided. Oh that. Pedro, Pedro Gasper. Yeah, go, yes, go listen Pedro to that interview. Gasper. Oh my he's, god! He's I'm in. So, I'm in it. Um, we don't usually have really good interviewable players. Uh, so, uh, but he's a really interesting guy to listen to. Uh, I thought he was pretty. He was pretty thoughtful and 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 you know in, yeah a, a rare he, like he's, good interview. So he, he I mean he's he's always. Um, yeah, he can sometimes be a liability with his, with his temper and some of his tackles and some of his um, some of the aggression. But the last two matches, he's been he's been pretty rock solid. And aside from a couple of the fancy fancy footwork pieces, he's it's going to be really interesting to see what it's going to be like up and down our left side. Um, but I, I think it, it is going to be that. Um, because Nani doesn't lose the ball when he gets it and when he comes centrally, it's going to be this um, Metnair and Ozzy partnership because I don't know how AHA is going to deal with with that. But, um, yeah. What else are you guys looking forward to for this match? 
I want to uh, the, the the only other thing that I'll say is, and we, we we just to talk about the last topic of the 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 previous match. Uh, Amaria and Molino haven't played together in this tournament, right? Um, yeah, the, I think so because Amaria was was injured yeah, in the first game. Yeah. So um, Amaria plays much better with Molino sitting under him. Um, I think Molino plays better when he has someone like Amaria in front of him. If I think if you have those two in the lineup, um, that will be interesting to see if that partnership comes back because those two were on fire in those first two matches right. so of the so, season. So. so I guess the question is I have for you guys is, uh, do we stick with the 4-3-3? And then if we have a healthy Mentonier and a health, healthy Molino, Molino how we how how are we placing them on the field? I think that's that that's that's what I'm I'm really curious about what we might be able to do. I mean, just knowing the history of Orlando, specifically with Molino and Heath, if Molino's able to play, I see no way that Heath is not playing him. Yeah. Just I mean, the fact that they're playing at the um Orlando City's, you know, USL former home, where both Molino and Heath played to, or you know, were together against the former team and just I just remember like last year when we went into Orlando and uh, just you know actually no it wasn't last year when was it was that when Molino got injured he got like a goal in the first half mm -hmm. just uh, just the intensity they both had and like again I, if um, if Molino is even like 80% you know capable I think he starts and I think it's going to be great too just because again like Corey said um you need you kind of need that Molina, that central playmaker to really get uh Amaria going because he needs someone to actually feed him balls in the middle. He's not the playmaker. So even even if it's I, I do like the four three three, even if we played a little bit more compact and we could and we could clutter up the midfield to make it harder for Nani and and some of their midfield, um, I would love to see Molino out on the left with Finley on the right and Amaria in the middle. And then you've got um, Greg Goosh, Dotson, and Ozzy if, in the if, center. If Dotson does not start this game, I will very audibly yell. Um, so if 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 we go to a four-two-three-one, I don't see how Dotson starts though. That's exactly. the problem I, yes. because I, I don't th I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna start him in Ozzy's position because Ozzy the, against the Columbus match is arguably the best game that he's ever had for us mm -hmm. in terms of impact. Mm -hmm. um, and then yesterday was. You know, last night's match was again fantastic. I don't think he played as well as Columbus, but I don't think he needed to. I don't think he was in that position where he was a focal point. But yeah, I think if it's a four-two-three-one, I don't think Dotson starts. Right, and also knowing how Heath is pretty reluctant to switch things up when they're working, I don't really see a switch into a four-two-three-one just because we haven't played it. We've played it like I mean, did we the first start up the first, first two games? Yeah. yeah, and we haven't done it since. So like, I mean, I just don't see it. If we're if we're behind, I can see us switching to a four-two-three-one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we need more creativity, that's why I would like to see um, Molino off the bench, uh, if possible. Um, but uh, um, that's going to be Thursday. Um, there's other stuff coming up this week. I've, uh, I won't bother even plugging it, uh, but I've got two small final questions uh, that are kind of more annoyances. Uh, um, uh, Brent Coleman wore an end racism shirt instead of Black Lives Matter. They kind of called that out on the broadcast. Um it's pretty annoying to to be on to have a guy like that where it's just like you have to go out of your way to not wear the the shirt that 
uh, that, you know, your teammates were so deeply involved with creating. Um, and I, I don't know if there's anything to say with that. I was just very annoyed. The, the, the thing that I'll say about, about that is in a vacuum, that's a pretty big statement to, to wear that shirt, mm-hmm. but we're not in a vacuum. And it's not, had he worn that shirt last season, mm-hmm. that would have been huge. And we'd have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not where we're at. And to to your point, it's... It's showing solidarity what, with with people like Ike and Jacory and all these guys who have like like been explicit in talking about their stuff. And my, my thought is like, if you... If you are a, and this is not just the team, but if you're a white person and you're not kind of aware of this and you work with people of color, if you have black colleagues and whatever, um, and you're not understanding what that is, then then you're not doing the, the basic work yeah. of, of educating yourself and like asking yeah. honest questions. But and, that, and that's the difference. And that's the difference. Yeah. I, I think like, you guys, you guys hit a lot of a lot of key points, but I, I think mostly is that like and racism. That's like the overall big goal, right? Like that's what everybody wants. Like right. you know, like that's that's the obvious thing, right? I mean, and um, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter is what literally this whole this whole movement of the players and 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 all these things, not only in soccer but in all of uh, this country's sports have has, has been a big takeover like uh, the amplifying of black voices amplifying of of a black experience and i think you know like i can see where like this conversation um happened in the in the, um, in the locker room but i also want to point out that that he's has also been wearing black lives matter shirts through everything right and i have appreciated that not like some other coaches who uh, who are in Miami uh, who opt not to do that after the first game, right? Like they started wearing suits and everything, and I was like, I was like, I was like, why? What? You know, I thought it was like yeah, and he doesn't overall look good in a black t-shirt, so you know he's he's taken he's taken a hit there. He looks like an old man, so 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 I mean, it, he's, it's he been could wear like a linen linen suit jacket over top of it, and it would look pretty good. Yeah, we should we should. I don't I don't know. No, I I think you're right, Rodrigo. I. I I was, I'm glad that it wasn't just like a first match thing and that they're still wearing it. Like I, I personally appreciate that. Um, um, and that's a really good point. Then uh, the, the other thing is, and I, I, I really fucking hate this topic. So uh, apologies, but you know, I was, I was reading uh, Jeff Reuter's kind of morning loon talking about it. And he just um, kind of blankly just starts with all the quotes from post game quotes from Heath and um, I had started to get to the point yesterday where I was like, oh, everyone's making fun of this underdog thing. And it's kind of a, a shtick. Even like the Chase, when he got interviewed, was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of a shtick, you know. Um, every, you know, uh, Heath is on with Taylor Twelman during the halftime of another game. And he's like, he's like joking about it. Um, and I was like, all right, if it's a shtick, then that's fine. But then I like remember, you know, obviously we talked about it last week with the Harrison Heath is a dick. And like, the the way in which like these questions of like oh hey how the how do you think the game went and he's like i you know blah 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 oh we'll have to ask you you guys are the experts i've only been doing this for 44 years and like things like uh you know people don't uh, care about us and you know i i just and it, but he directs it at the media and that's what infuriates me and that's because like i i know that some people are like oh well it works and it's like well 
But I, I, I guess the part that, that makes me furious is that I've seen the way in which that attitude and the way he's directing it at the media then gets that it infects the staff, infects people like Harrison Heath, and all of them actually attack media and they try to blacklist media when there's crit- criticism. And there's all these like effects of this attitude that, you know, Heath jokes, jokes about it with Taylor Twellman, but then when you see it actualized with other media and they're trying to ban these journalists and, and not just people like me, but like other like legit journalists that, that drives me effing crazy. Well, one thing that I'll say about this is that, we don't have a Calvo on the team as the team representative, like a player representative that is also doing it with that tone. When you look at who was interviewed for this, like you look at a chase, you look at an Ethan Finley Mm -hmm. um, on banter. The second that it comes up, they get a smirk on their face and they start, they're like, yeah, I mean, he's going to do that. And, we'll just take it for what it is and we're just going to keep playing and we'll, we'll use it to motivate ourselves. However, we can. That, that's the difference this time around. Like it's, it's frustrating for me as well to see him like immediately go and attack the reporters that are bringing this up. And, but Alexi, but the pl- the, the, yeah, go ahead. Alexi was on when he was on with your thing, uh, Rodrigo, he thought it was so stupid. He was just like, who thinks you're an underdog? <laughs> this is I, cause, cause Jamie Watson was trying to defend it. And Alexi was like, Oh, shut up. Come on. It was <laughs> right. very then, funny to listen to. And then, and then David turned it to me and was like, what do, what do you think? And yeah. I was like, I was like, it's, it's a stick, right? Like how, how much longer can you say you're not a, right. you're not a good team. Like what matters is team chemistry. And we know that there's team chemistry on this group. Mm-hmm. This group has been together for at least a couple of years, at least a good core of this group. Yeah. So they know each other. They know each other, right? And and that's what matters in the sense of that. Like, do you? It, but if you keep on putting bulletins or you keep on using this as a bulletin board pinup thing, you know, there's going to be a point where you're like, well, they're going to be like, well, what else are we going to do now? Like, we know we're good now. Like, well, and, right now, yeah. The, I mean, they have nothing else to add onto it. Why, how else are they going to challenge themselves? And I get that that's how you try to motivate players, right? You pin something up and you do that. But at, at the same time, you know, being better should be motivation enough. And also, right? uh, and this goes back to last year. At, 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 you know, last year I got to the point where it was just like, talk up your players. Talk about how, how they good, how good they are, because we're talking about it. Everyone on extra time and these other things are talking about. You know, they were talking about how great Amaria has been. They were talking about how dangerous Metanir and Finley are, how dominant Ozzy is. Talk about what they do and how, like, you know, you kind of shit on Aha before the season, uh, before the tournament. He's been surprisingly decent. You know, you like, you obviously can say something nicer than surprisingly decent, but like, just push these guys and how um, I, I get the underdog that maybe, maybe they don't get the credit they want, but, but like, I don't. I don't want to belabor it. It just kills me every time I'm happy, and I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, we're good. This is great." And then it's like, and then I read the comments, which I I, I never read the post game interview. Should be my rule. It's like don't read the comments. Uh, yeah. And so, anyway, you want to finish on Chacon, Rodrigo? Give it, we haven't uh, said Chaconistas Unidos. Yeah, that's what, one thing. Is I just find it interesting how in a system and tournament where like literally 
you, you'd have to do something extremely bad to not be put on the, on the 18 or on a reserve to be able to play. Like we, we see Mukim finding Tomas in that situation. Wait, and he I wasn't think, in the 18 last night. I don't, I don't think so. Like that, it, we were talking about it and the, um, uh, on the it. on the show, um, because people was like we were people because people were asking what would you do. I was like, well, Matt could I could bring in a Chacon, and he, and they were like, oh, but he's not even on the list. He's not. He, it's not even an option. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, right. he's not on. He wasn't on there. So like, how does how does that work specifically? You got two goalkeepers need, on the bench, and you can't even put your your and, like and then Jamie 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 Watson was disagreeing with me, and I was like, listen, it's like. And he's like, you know, he's small, he's all this. And I was like, dude, he's played, he's played, he's played professionally in a Uruguayan league. And then that's when Monty started laughing because like it's a physical league. Like this, we've seen him take hits. He gets back up, right? He creates opportunities that way, right? If you're smaller, you know you're gonna get knocked down. It's not and I am I'm, I'm particularly tired of, of that um, of that shtick that he's a small kid, that he needs to grow. It's like, you know, we it, play the play the kid. If he gets knocked down and he gets injured, he gets injured. But if you play him, he's going to get touches. That's what we need him to do. Specifically, he's a designated player. Look at look also, at Bustio. Look at Bustio at SKC. He needs playing time too. All these young pro- prospect players need to be able to get on that pitch, and it has to be earned, right? And I get that, but at the same time, like we are not providing those scenarios for our players at the moment, and that frustrates me. Also. Last night, we only used 20 of our 23 roster spots. So there's absolutely no reason not to have Chacon on the match day roster. I don't know why he's not there. Well, is because like I'm looking at, I mean, I'm also looking at the graphics that were put out five different times by, you know, seven different publications. And each of them, like at least the ones that were official from the club under subs, like Chacon is on the is on the sub list. Oh yeah, I'm just looking at the lineup on MLS, you know, on the match center. Yeah, so like, I mean, maybe they pulled them from it um, for whatever reason, but yeah. Also, I mean, the the whole roster thing in general last night, like you said, there were like three different formations with three with uh, players playing in three different areas. Like yeah. one had dots in the middle and uh, Hayes playing right back, and so like honestly, it'd be nice if the team just put out a stupid <laughs> uh, picture with where players were playing, and so everyone would know instead of just a number order yeah. with a form. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, Minnesota United play uh, the Orlando favorites uh, on Thursday, 7 p.m. Tuesday, there's the uh, Brentford versus Fulham uh, um, uh, championship game that we'll have uh, at at the bar. Um, And uh, there's lots of other things going on. Champions League starts this weekend, which is effing crazy. I was starting to... I try to take things just one week at a time uh, because of the doing the chalkboard and trying to plan out what we're going to do. But there's a lot coming up. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll probably be back on Friday with a, a wrap-up uh, podcast. Um, but it's great to talk to you all. Uh, it's great to sing Wonderwall. And, uh, you know, we'll... Uh, got, Alexi to, got Alexi to be able to play Wonderwall. <laughs> and uh, that was awesome. I, I had turned it off by then, so I, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, he grabbed his guitar. Oh and really? He, he played it. Out. He played it out of air. He grabbed this guitar because, like, David was like, "Someone cueing Wonderwall," and I'm like, "I'm like trying to see if I can yeah. play it on my computer." And I was like, "Oh, and he just grabbed." Guys, and then he just grabbed this guitar and he started playing. Well, we'll see. I'll, I'll message David Goss and see if he can uh, he can get a clip of that and put it online. Yeah. Also, free check on. All right. All right. Uh, goodbye to all my Shakunistas out there. Uh, we'll we'll all talk soon. Thank you. <laughs>